Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Ball Corporation's plant in Golden is looking for production technicians. You can read the full description and apply at jobs.ball.com when you search Golden. This position is on the front line of the aluminum beverage can production process at Ball's plants. The company offers a competitive $27.39 per hour wage with potential for increase at 6, 12, and 18 months on the job. It offers exposure to a lot of other manufacturing opportunities in the plant. The production technician role touches on the other stages of production, making aluminum cans and ends. This role is responsible for machine adjustments on high-speed production equipment and is an integral part of the production team, both in quality and meeting operational goals for volume. At Ball, all positions have importance and impact. The role has skills growth built into it, and many production technicians become maintainers, which is the next step in the production technician line. Employees who have started out as production technicians have even gone on to other roles in operations and management. Yeah, it definitely has the level of technical skill that people are looking for since the old days most have an outdated perception of back-breaking labor. Much of this has been automated today. So, text GOLDEN to 77222 and you'll get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search GOLDEN to find that opportunity. Again, jobs.ball.com and search GOLDEN. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boost every single day. Jesse, AJ, Allie on the back. We are going to be recapping the calendar year for the Avs on today's show for the most part. But yeah, this is a calendar year, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Calendars are square, kind of. Yeah, I don't know. We'll get into that in a little bit. First, the hockey news of the day, as is continuing to be the case, we have to keep talking about this type of stuff just because it's what's happening. Uh, WJC's, I don't know that it's technically officially been announced, but Chris Peters and Bob McKenzie both reporting that the World Juniors is going to be canceled in like literally the next couple of minutes. So, more problems for the hockey world when it comes to this wave of COVID that it's experiencing. Um, We were talking a little bit before the show. We, we kind of thought it was a little weird that they actually started the tournament and then decided to cancel it after it got underway. But there's a, well, it was especially weird when they canceled the women's immediately. Right. And then we're like, well, we'll just go ahead with the men's because we got away with this last year. And then, nope. Yeah. Well, so as I was gonna say, the them canceling the 
the under 18 girls tournament to me, if you were going to cancel the world juniors, that's when you should have done it. Yeah. Um, cause like now you kicked up a bunch of dust, a bunch of people were upset, you know, about all kinds of stuff. And now everyone's just, everyone's a loser now. Like everyone, like nobody, nobody gets to feel good about anything. Everything got canceled and like, it's just, it's just such a bummer, yeah. man. And, and Austria still had to get the holy shit kicked right. out of them. Right. And like here, so here's one real quick little like uh, soapbox that I will get on. Cause I, I said something yesterday when they made Team USA uh, forfeit um, a game. I, I didn't think that they should have been forced to be, you know, forced to forfeit. Um, but someone made a comment uh, in the mentions and they were like, what does this even matter? These kids will go on to play pro. This tournament means literally nothing. And like, I, I just want to be very clear that like, I, I I feel for these kids and and the girls, uh, you know, the under eighteen girls who had their tournament canceled. Like, for a lot of those kids, this tournament is everything. It's genuinely, the biggest stage some of these kids will ever play on. Ever play on, and 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 there's a bunch yeah. That's of a that's happened. a that's a person that doesn't know what they're talking about. Right, right, and and like, how many times have we talked about it, AJ? You know, back in the day with the old draft pods, and and you know even in the last couple of years, I know I've heard you guys talk about it a ton where how many of these kids do we see materialize NHL, you know, contracts and, and, and draft conversation and NHL careers out of this tournament. Um, so you just, you, you feel bad for those kids in the same way that you felt bad for, you know, a lot of college seniors and um, high school seniors and stuff the last couple of years who had seasons canceled. Um, time always marches on. And when you're doing something that has an age limit on it, um, there's a lot of these kids who I guess you're thankful they got to play at least a couple games before it gets canceled. But you know, those team USA kids got to play one game and that's something that a lot of them have worked for their entire life. And it's just that, that to me, I, I know there's so much else that goes into it and there's so much that you have to be mindful of and, and prioritize and stuff like that. But, um, just, just on a quick side note, I, I feel bad for the kids because, because for a lot of them, this tournament is, uh, not only is it meaningful, it's everything to them. So just a bummer to see it see it go this way. Yeah, it's I, – I reiterate this a lot, but at the end of the day, everyone wants to see these games get played. Nobody wants to see hockey right. get canceled, but the realities of the situation are sometimes games have to be canceled or tournaments or whatever. Um do you do you guys think it's a little weird? I, I even had this thought with the with the under eighteen girls tournament. These seem like really easy situations to make a bubble, right? You would think. Well, they had the like bubble they, last year that worked okay, and then yeah. this year they had more relaxed rules going into it, and we're right. seeing the result. Yep, it's. Has there been a flood of positives in the tournament that I, I just haven't like seen or, or is this kind of, does this strike you guys as something where it's like, yeah, before all the news of these positive gets out, we're just gonna. Yeah. I think, I think it's a reality of, they know they've seen a couple positives. They already saw it happen in the NHL. People understand that the Omicron variant is more virulent as far as infection rates. So I think they're kind of just getting out ahead of it. But part of this, and I do want to talk about this because this does relate to the NHL too. I, we're going to try to keep this not political 
But the NHL does have to deal with the fact that they have a significant number of teams in Canada whose restrictions are significantly tighter than the ones that are in North America. That's just factual. That's all there is to it. And we're seeing uh, the Canadians games are now postponed all the way up through January 10th. That's more because they're not allowing fans in the building. But again, the Canadian restrictions are a lot tighter and we're seeing that affects now the world juniors as well, but the NHL and their schedule too. So I don't really know what the best answer is here, but it's something that the NHL is going to have to figure out a solution to. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I know they were saying, uh, I saw a couple of people talking about the Maple Leaf schedule that they're actually having, they're going to have some games that are going to be shifted around. Um, so games that haven't been postponed or canceled are now going to get moved to a later date and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I just, I just keep going back to the fact that it just, it just strikes me as so odd that the NHL seemingly more than other leagues, other pro leagues it is, is very reactionary right now. It doesn't seem like they've, you know, they've been very proactive in, in, in a lot of this and, getting out ahead of it and making sure they've got protocols in place and, and contingency plans in place. It, like it, it, it's just really weird to me that they really seem to be struggling to get the hang on this after two full years of having to deal with this and, and all the other pro leagues are, I mean, I guess I, I you know, they, they seem to be handling it much better and it just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just really, frustrating to watch this kind of go on as, on a day-by-day basis and not really seem like there's any direction it's and and we have seen in the last couple of days nhl kind of following suit with what the nfl and nba are doing with their reducing quarantine times to five days assuming you get a negative test and they're kind of just saying look dealing with this we're just going to leave it to the local level and then you guys kind of figuring it out on your own um so what could go wrong uh, well (laughs) (laughs) without getting too much into that again the difference that the nhl has to deal with here is canada right and and i see koga saying relocate the canadian teams for a month the problem here with relocating the teams is they need revenue from the canadian teams the canadian teams are their biggest source of revenue and they're already in the hole from everything that's happened so far with the last two seasons of COVID that the reason they're postponing the Montreal games is because they just don't want to take the financial hit of Montreal playing games with zero fans in the stadiums. Right. So, and, and to be honest, that was kind of why I thought they were forging on with the WJCs as opposed to the um, under 18 women's tournament was I was like, well, you know, this isn't a popular answer, but I was like, I guess there's, there's more money in it for them to, yep. to, to play the WJCs, you know, as, you know, unfortunate, but factual statement. Right. I was going to say, as much as we don't want to, you know, think that that's a reality, you know, the WJCs, my understanding is, are, um, you know, they're, they're on a lot of networks they're on a lot of TVs in Canada. Um, you know, and even in the U S we get a lot of the games on live TV, um, so, so there was more money. And so I said, okay, yeah, that, that really sucks, but I get it. Um, and so to your point, Rudo, yeah, you know, I, I, it's a tough situation in the NHL. 
specifically is in because yeah not only do you have several teams up there but they make up the majority of your of your revenue um especially in terms of of, uh, you know actual gate and and tv deals yep and you know it's every league has their sources of revenue uh the nhl has always been more gate driven than a lot of the other leagues in Mm -hmm. north america so that is definitely part of the conversation um Jake with a $10 super chat here. Thank you very much. Uh, absolutely love your content, fellas. And Allie, please keep up the great work donating $5 for every dub for the rest of the season. That's extremely generous. Thank you. Yeah, very so much you. for that. Um, <laughs> hopefully, the Avs can get back to, to getting dubs pretty soon here. Um, you know, so far, Sunday's still on. Again, I'm going to say that every day until it's not on anymore. <laughs> but, you know, you got to keep hope alive a little bit there. Um, are you back with us, AJ? You were pretty laggy there for a second. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he comes and goes as he pleases. Yeah, he, yeah he, he's, he's kind of like the NHL schedule right now. Yep. I think he's there. <laughs> Take advantage of it when you can. <laughs> Yeah, my P- I'm my all P- over P- the place, fellas. Yeah, you just gotta wait for him to start talking to find out. <laughs> yep, go, uh, go one day at a time. Again, that's all the NHL is trying to do. Um, you know, obviously, it can it can be a frustrating situation too. We were talking a little bit about how. Uh, what do you do with your life when you're just sitting here and there's no yeah. hockey around? Bro, this is the first time we've ever been recording a podcast, and I'm like, this is the most boring podcast of all time. <laughs> I I don't want to do this show either, but that that's the news, is that hockey is canceled in Canada. Basically. If I have to have another conversation about where the league revenue comes from, any time in the next six months, we have to talk about how the NHL is a gate-driven league. Please, please bash me in the face with the baseball bat until it's over. All right. I don't know if you, I don't know if you, I don't know if you want to make that deal because I have a feeling it's going to come up. We we have that recorded and there's no way we're making it another six months. There's no way. (laughs) Please. But, you know, I think it is a frustrating thing, especially for the Avalanche fan base who, has been on this break for a week longer than everyone else and still has yeah. another four days to go. And had a, adorably attached themselves to Oscar Lawson like he was the next coming. Yeah, the hype like was a you, little bit over the edge on that one. It but. was, but it was fun to watch like those accounts that were just tweeting out like uh, updates and clips from WJCs. And him going off. It was the do only guys, Habs player that do we could you guys hear watch. this dog battle? I heard a little bit of it there, but now I oh, can't. Is there, is there a dog in another room? There's a, there's, a, there's a dog in the hallway who's barking because the dog knows that Kirby's in the room. And now Kirby is alerted to the dog and is just sitting here, all eight pounds of him, growling at the door. Nice. Yeah, so Get him, tough good. guy. Attack. Protect. <laughs> Bro, my my little uh, my little miniature dachshund is the toughest dog on the block until he's got a. Well, actually, I take that back. He chased down a coyote once. I thought he was gonna die. 
He actually he, he, he tries to back it up. He tries real hard. I don't know what will ever happen if he like gets himself in the situation, but I don't know what it is about those dogs under ten pounds are just dude. They're tough. they either they either know what's up and they get out of every situation in a hurry, or they're just too dumb for their own good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. Uh... I love I love the growls though the growls not the bark like I always find that so funny it's like oh yeah yeah real tough real yeah tough. everybody I'm glad he's not barking because barking drives me crazy it's uh, especially because right. he has one of those like high pitched little punk ass barks and you're yeah, just like yeah, mm-hmm. small dog bark well yep. uh, we do have to pour one out for the WJCs so go get yourself some Breck brew. Uh, that sucks, dude. I love the WJCs every yeah, year. It's yeah, it's my favorite time of year, usually, dude. The it's great. Is. The only upside of this is that the United States remains champs on top. <laughs> well, green you're not dethroned. We're not dethroned. Okay, the United States <laughs> has not been dethroned. It was canceled. So, see you next year, sucker. Try again. Yeah, happy Gilmore. Better luck Ho- next year. Hopefully, hopefully without Shane Wright. Uh, <laughs> that would make it easier for sure. <laughs> uh, get your Breck brew, either eight different kinds on tap down at the DNBR bar or check your local liquor store. Use the Breck beer locator online. Uh, you can also, if you need a better night's sleep, check out Snooze Sleep, local here to Colorado. They have the four-in-one mattress. You can flip it for firm or soft, and you can flip the mattress cover for hot or cold for up to a 10-degree difference. So whether you need to cool off while you sleep or warm up, either way, they have you covered for any type of sleeper you might be. Again, you can check them out local. Check out Snooze Sleep, and they'll give you a seven-day free trial. Ship the mattress right to your door, so you don't have to do anything but sleep on the thing and make sure it works for you and you know it's a great time to go check out the dnvr bar maybe not for abs games but it was uh it was popping last night for the nuggets game because you know the nuggets aren't completely broken anymore they have at least Jokic is healthy regularly which is all you really need to win when you're the nuggets knock on wood yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) look all right the abs have have eaten up a lot of the the injury needs for for Colorado so far this year. So uh, I'm sure we'll get into not just the Colorado sports teams, the state, but the entire state's worth of injuries. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, they've certainly had their fair share, but yeah, come on down to the bar, come on in and have a good time. Sunday, assuming the game goes forward, you can have some mimosas, watch the Avs game. It is a Broncos watch party, technically. So, you know, Broncos make a lot of people want to drink right now. So maybe it's good to good to watch that one at the bar. Uh, you can check that out uh, this weekend. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account. Uh, all right. Let's get into something, you know, at least a little bit more fun and start taking a, a look back at the year for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, obviously, a bit of a, a crazy year all over the place for hockey in general, but the Avs, too, as a a team that <laughs> in the last calendar year, the expectations for the Colorado Avalanche are the highest that they've been in a very, very long time. So they have not 
won a Stanley Cup, obviously, and their one opportunity this year. But where do you guys think Colorado falls in relation to the expectations around them based on the year? Uh, so, and, and the year, right? The year. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, and now this is a, maybe a really dumb statement, but outside of, of the collapse in the second round, if you're purely just judging their play, I think they've been pretty close to what a lot of people expected and predicted out of them. That, you know, hey, look, this is this is going to be a top-level team that's going to dominate on a lot of nights. Um, on, on most nights, they're going to have not only the best player on the ice, but the best line on the ice. Um, and, and I think they've lived up to that. Now, obviously, there's a huge caveat that comes with that because when it got into, you know, prove that you're the best team moment, um, they, they definitely seem to shrink in the light a bit. Um, but if you're just just surface level looking at the whole body of work, I, I, I think they've prom- come pretty close to matching the expectations of what a lot of people have thought of this roster as a whole. Yeah, I, I mean, when you look at it, they've had uh, maybe you could say that first 10 game stretch of this season was a little bit slow for them, but they won mm-hmm. the president's trophy in, right. in the 2021 season. So it certainly in the regular season, I don't think you can knock them at all for being the best team in the league for the first half of this calendar year. And one right out of the, right at the top, other than maybe those first 10 games of the season this season. So it's, it's a very, very good hockey team. I don't think well, there's any doubt about that. I, I, I think by most, and you guys can definitely fact check me on this. By most like advanced statistic metrics, I think over the course of the entire year, I would be shocked if they weren't at bare minimum a top two team in the league. If you know, just in in, in most categories as a whole, um, this team has played exceptionally well in in, in twenty twenty one. Yep, agreed. So um, <laughs> AJ. Any anything to add on the the Tell expectation them. side? Tell oh. them. Yeah, uh, I think they've done a. I mean, they have really really high expectations, and look, uh, the the reality is that they did not live up to them in the postseason. But uh, you know, they won a president's trophy, something a bunch of franchises have never even done. Um, they won. <clears throat> they won a division. They're looking good right now. Uh, had they not had a comically screwed up start to the season, who knows what their record would have been in those first ten games? Um, I, I'm having a hard time feeling too bad. Um, I would say the only. The Vegas series and maybe the first day of free agency were the only things that the Avs would probably want back. Yep, sounds about right. Um, I We do have to bring up the context of this year because, as everyone is very well aware, how, Avs the, how injured the Avs have been this season, this was plenty a problem for them 
honestly, even going back previous to this year, the last three seasons, the Avs have had quite a bit of injury trouble here and there. Now, they've at times gotten lucky with things like COVID pauses that help them get healthy from those injuries. But outside of last season's playoffs, which it did felt like they were about as healthy as they were ever going to be for those, this is a team that has been wildly successful while managing a large injury load. So uh, the question for me is, is this it? Is this the abs final form or do they have that next gear that, that they could be even better than anything we've seen so far? I, I think they have to have another gear. If, if they're going to, if they are going to get to the place that everyone thinks they're capable of getting um, they're, they're going to have to play, you know, a, a, a step up, whether that's in intensity in the pace um, you know, like you look at that Tampa team from last year and how fun of a series that would have been to watch them in the abs go head to head. But for the abs to have won that series, they would have had to go, you know, they, they would have had to take that game to another level. I think they've got another level in them. And to the point where I think you, you know, what, what you were kind of leading this all off with, <laughs> imagine this team, if they get more than, I don't know, seven days of practicing with a full mm-hmm. roster. Like, you know, if you actually see this team put all of those pieces together that we've talked about and, and, and you get the goaltending and, and, you know, you have a lot of those guys clicking when you need them to be the way that, again, using Tampa, they're, they're you know, two-time back-to-back champs. The way that you just – you see every single top guy performing every night. You get the goaltending every night. You see the depth guys chipping in every night. That's what you need. It's, 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 that's what's going to get them over the hump, finding that little bit more consistency in the – you know, when, when we see them kind of reach that peak – to me, that kind of next gear is they get to that peak and they find a way to sustain it for the two months. What? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I just they they have not though, Kirby. The way he's eating a fry. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, they haven't they haven't been hitting on all cylinders not once this season. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, you look at it, their goal scoring went through the roof. Their goaltending was struggling. <clears throat> One half of their special teams has been useless pretty much the entire season. Um, the start of the year, their power play was brutally bad. And then their penalty kill has completely gone in the tank. So, and it, it hasn't mattered much, but um, is Rudo frozen? Nope. Oh. It's really <laughs> weird because. I see no. I I see Jesse moving just fine, and everything is normal here. I see me moving, but Rudo, Rudo is staring down at the floor in my on my screen right now, <laughs> and hasn't moved in Hill? minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, wild. No, AJ. AJ, I think that's a great. That's a great point because uh, right before the pause, uh, both Devon Taves and Jared Bednar were asked about. Uh, I can't remember which game it was after. It was another, you know, big time win, multiple goals, five different goal scorer type night. 
And both of them are asked, like, you know, you guys keep making mention to the fact that you need to clean up defensively, given the way you guys are playing. Like, you know, obviously this wasn't the question I'm paraphrasing here, but the question was kind of like, what, what do you need to do that for? And they both used the phrase, we haven't played our best hockey. And they were basically saying like, yeah, it's great. We're winning games and like things are going well, but we're not going to go score seven goals every night across four separate seven game series. <laughs> and, and they, you know, they just made that point kind of like what AJ was just saying. Like we, we haven't gotten there yet. It's great. We're winning. That's, that's the whole point. <laughs> um, you know, we're winning. We're on a great streak. You know, I think it's 14, three and one since that first 10 game stretch. Um, but we know that we still have another level. And uh, I, I think it's what AJ was saying of we've seen every bit of it play well on different nights. We've seen Darcy Kemper have good nights. We've seen the uh, offense have good nights. We've seen the defense have good nights. We've seen, but I don't think we've seen it all collectively together. Um, at least not multiple games in a row. And that to me is, is what's going to be real fun. Well, and yeah, their their most complete game might have been that Montreal game where Jonas Johansson was in net. Where they won yeah. four one and just kind yeah. of smothered them. Yeah. 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 It's and and look, it it's very rare that you're gonna get an S rank performance out of every facet of your game on it on, on any given night. Right. But yeah. you're asking you're asking for nobody to hurt you, right? You don't need an S tier goalie performance when you're scoring six goals in a game, but you'd like something to build off of. You would like some confidence to get going there instead of the, it being, well, the Avs scored seven goals, so we're just going to ignore their problems. Or, well, the Avs only scored two goals, but it was fine because their goalie played insane that night. You want a little bit more of a even keel, right? You're going to need a couple. If 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 you are really going to go on and, and and win 16 times in the playoffs, if you're going to do that, you are going to have a few nights where stuff like that has to happen. Um, you know, I, I honestly I thought that was kind of what we were seeing there in Game Two of the Vegas series. I was like, boom, there was the one where the goalie steals it, and now you get this. You know, you you steal a win, and now you get to close out this series, and blah blah blah. blah. And obviously it didn't go that way, but um, like you, you will need a couple nights like that. So, so that's, that's fine. You're not asking them to do it every single night, but you are also, again, if you're going to win 16 games in the playoffs, you have to have several nights where you are getting to your point, Rudo, maybe not a perfect performance out of everyone, but you've got to get an a minus performance out of every single group. You know, your, your, your forwards, your D, um, your, your goaltending, your special teams, you have to get very good performances out of everyone in a lot of those games to, to make it the distance. It's the, the reality of two great teams playing each other is often not which team is better, but which team makes less mistakes because the best teams will capitalize on mistakes. So you have to be able to keep it clean on every every side of the, the, the ice, I guess. So I actually want to say something real quick here. I honestly think that's one of the things the abs have been, I don't necessarily know if you want to say better at this year, but I've just really noticed, um, especially in the last, you know, 20 games or whatever, where they really do seem to be capitalizing on mistakes. Uh, I go back to the, it was the, Second Ranger game. Yeah, the Ranger, the Avs Ranger is here. Uh, you know, New York, 
gets gets it within one with a couple minutes left. And Adam Fox made what looked like a really innocent looking mistake when that puck came out of the zone and he went to chip it in deep, but he ended up chipping it into the netting. And so the faceoff came out to center ice. And then again, another small mistake where you're trying to push the play forward. You have four guys jump trying to push the puck towards the offensive zone. And you end up getting caught there where Adam Fox clearly is not as strong as <laughs> Val Dechushkin. based on that the hard way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and he, you know, he goes the other way and just and, and just smokes uh Georgiev. And it's like I, I was just sitting there, I said that all started because Adam Fox didn't get the blue line before chipping the puck in. So the faceoff came all the way back out to center. The Rangers have to put their goalie back in. They lose, you know. And the Avs took advantage, what, five seconds later or something like that? So it's just they, they've and, – and there's several other examples throughout, you know, the, this last two dozen or whatever games um, where they just really seem to be capitalizing on you cannot make small mistakes against this team because they'll burn you. And, and I mean, we say it all the time, death by inches in, in, in hockey. <laughs> and, yep. and in the playoffs, it's typically – when you, when you get down to those later rounds, uh, conference finals, cup finals, it's who makes more mistakes and who can capitalize on them is, is who ends up winning. Yep. I, I think that's extremely well said. Uh, we are brought to you by StravaCraft Coffee. So go get some of that for your morning coffee and your CBD needs. You can take care of migraines, aches and pains like joint pain, IBS, a bunch of other stuff as well. So check it out. They have K-Cups. You can get 25% off your first order when you use code DNVR25. Uh, then you can hit up DraftKings. You can put in $5 right now. Bet on any NFL team to win their next game. If you do, you get 200 dollars in free bets so that's a lot of money to mess around with on DraftKings to go uh, do whatever you want when it comes to betting on all sorts of nonsense there or you can bet on you know good bets but where's the fun in that uh, use code DNVR when you sign up to get that five dollars for two hundred dollars in free bets opportunity with them um, right now I don't know you guys got any good bets any anything that's working for you right now uh, over the weekend, I had a couple, uh, NBA games where the line was at two ten, and I was like, that's free money. And it was, yep. Uh, so yeah, so that was, uh, those are some good ones. I haven't really had anything that I've been super interested in betting on for the last two weeks. I know the pain. I know the pain, <laughs> but when the abs is back, of course you can bet on them too with DraftKings. So head on over there. It must be 21 or older Colorado only other terms, restrictions and conditions apply. Use that DNVR code for the $5 bet for $200 in free bets opportunity with DraftKings. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Third period of the DNVR avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, we have to do this. Uh, because the year is over, so I, I am going to ask you both, and I'll, I'll give mine as well. What was your favorite moment of the year for the Colorado Avalanche? AJ, go first, because I know you said you already had yours. It was actually our moment uh, right after the Avs swept the Blues, and we started the postgame pod. By sweeping up the area yeah, on the yeah. on the that pod. That was my moment too. 
That was my favorite moment. Just after all the shit that Ryan O'Reilly had talked before the series, oh, we're going to win the series. We're going to this, we're going to that, which was also like, what was he going to say? But also like, you said that shit. Right. (laughs) And Blues fans being like offended that the uh, analytic models had the abs at like 86% chance to win the series or whatever. And being like, that won't happen. And then watching them get fucking swept. Yeah. Yeah. I just, that, just that whole series was really, it was really vindicating just from a, uh, how, how I felt about O'Reilly and the blues and um, the way that their Stanley cup continues to stick out as this fluky nonsense in my mind. And, uh, watching them, just watching them get drilled like that was very satisfying for me. And um, I think, I think the sweep of the Blues, I felt, especially, especially because there were so many people who were like, "Oh, the Az won't be able to handle St. Louis, their play style in the postseason. They're play that they can't, they can't play that kind of game. They can't do this. They can't do that." And. <laughs> You tell him, Kirby. Get him, Kirb. Just like that. Well, uh, that's I how I felt when Brian O'Reilly talked. <laughs> so I remember when, when O'Reilly said that and you had a bunch of people saying, well, what is he supposed to say? It's like, it's going to be a good series. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. We're going to play hard and try to give them all they can handle. Yeah, the fact we're going to go out there and we're going to win. We're going to beat them. It's like, oh. <laughs> A little overconfident, eh, bud? Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily know if mine is a moment. Rudo, do you have one? Oh, yeah. Mine's easy. What, what's yours? Doing a watch along for the Miko overtime goal yeah. by a mile in the playoffs. It wasn't even close. All right. So I, I was I was honestly going to say that the game two overtime win was a highlight for sure. Yeah, I, now it's forever cemented on the internet of me screaming Miko into a camera. <laughs> so so. My, mine is going to sound very on brand and AJ's probably going to roll his eyes, but then I'm going to explain it a little bit better. So, so I, I honestly loved, and I was advocating huge for the NHL to shift their schedule. Cause it's not necessarily a moment, but I just, I loved the regular season playing out at the time of year that it did in in the shortened season i was living downtown and it was just so much fun around every game you were going out and it was nice out and the patios were open and there was just people in abs gear and nuggets gear everywhere and they were excited about the team there was just a different kind of buzz um around the city and around the fans and people were out and i just i really obviously them winning a shit ton of games helped but like there was just an enjoyment to last season that was not only a breath of fresh air, given the way that everything had gone in 2020 hockey or otherwise um, there was just a really um, fun, unique buzz around the season last year. Um, Just more people being out. uh, Like I said, all all the patios at the restaurants around the rink were packed the way that they are around, um, you know, playoffs come April, May, but it was that for 
most of the regular season. And, and I think that just kind of added to all the fun moments that we're talking about right here, you know, them smoking the blues and then the um, overtime winner. And, and, and I just think there was a lot of really moments last year that were made even better by just people being uh, out and excited and supportive and uh, you know, enjoying a, a, the best product we've seen on the ice since, 2002 when they honestly probably could have gone back to back. Um, I don't know th th this is, it's, it's been an unbelievably fun team to watch the last couple of years. Yeah. It's, it's been a super fun team that I think part of the excitement for me is obviously, you know, every, everyone wants to see their team win the Stanley cup or whatever, but, through all of this buildup, it still feels like the Colorado Avalanche and their Stanley Cup window is now very obviously open, but it looks like it's going to remain open pretty indefinitely going forward. <clears throat> there are going to be some waters to navigate, of course, when it comes to contract talks and things like that, but it's clear that they've cemented a ridiculously good and ridiculously young core of players when you're talking about Miko's here indefinitely. Landy now locked up, not quite as young, but still there. Makar locked up as well. They still have the big McKinnon contract to get through, but this team's already this good. And and people, it's so easy to forget that it's like, oh, Nathan McKinnon might just now be like entering his prime of his, of his hockey career. Kale McCarr is still not to his prime yet. So, well, and, and you know, we were making the jokes about. Uh, you know, a Lawson earlier, uh, you know, maybe being a little bit overblown during WJCs, but I mean, like you've got that kid coming, you've got Justin Barron coming. Um, you know, we, we, we've got a small little taste of Sampo Ranta, but you say you've still got that kid coming, you know, there's still hope out there to, to some extent for, for Shane Bowers. Um, Bowen Byram really hasn't had, any real opportunity to leave like a, a legitimate mark on this roster to any extent. So it's just so fun. Cause you look at this over the last couple seasons and uh, in, in 2021 specifically, cause that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. Drew Hellison's another one. Um, and you say, wow, what, what an unbelievably fun team. What an exciting team. And you know, there's four or five guys that you can legitimately say, wow, they could add to that. And even if they don't turn out to be top guys, those are guys gonna that are gonna be able to fill in in the lower part of your lineup, smaller money, to keep you afloat in you know keep you in this competitive window for you know quite a while. This is how teams like the Boston Bruins have been good for the last fifteen years and are always in that conversation, um, you know. And it's just now finally starting to catch up with them. Um, only because they blew three first rounders in a row. Right, 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 right. And even them. <laughs> in an all-time great draft. They had an opportunity to to extend this even further, and they blew it somehow. But, you know, you, you, you've you got your, your Miko and Nate, which is kind of like your Sid and Malkin. Um, you know, you've got Kale McCarr, which, you know, is, is your kind of flagpole on the back end. Like, you have everything made up to be – to go on a – a Pittsburgh Penguin, Boston Bruins type run here, Washington Capitals, where you are relevant and you are good for a long, long time. 
and not just, you know, not like Detroit Red Wings keeping the 22 playoff streak alive. Good. Where it's like, nah, they're just, they're doing everything they can to, to get the, get the all-time record knowing that they're going to get bounced out of the first round every time. Like, this is how you put together a roster that you, you say we expect to be second, third round every year. And we have the makings to at least be a contender for 10 straight years. And it's, yep. it's super exciting. Anyone that lived through 2008 to <laughs> 2018 <laughs> avalanche hockey, like we have earned this. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, a stark turnaround from the dark ages, no doubt about that. <laughs> um, or right. not so much, not so much that the that they've earned it, but it's the system working. You see Edmonton's, and you know you see Buffaloes, and you see Arizona's that wallow at the bottom forever, <laughs> right? That don't figure it out because they just they blow every opportunity that they have, and there's some bad luck involved, like. You know, you look at you look at the Coyotes. There's some bad luck that happens along the way, but when you take Barrett Hayden over Quinn Hughes, you made your own bed with that one a little bit. You can't complain about draft luck when you take when you take Dylan Strom over Mitch Marner. You can't complain about bad draft luck. Like you, you blew that call. And you know that's where that's where it's it's always been interesting to me the the lack of credit given by Avs fans. Now it's it's given elsewhere, but by Avs fans uh, uh, for Colorado crushing their top ten picks. Their worst top ten pick has been Tyson Jost, who's a perfectly functional NHLer. <laughs> Who like the Avs got a, got got a fine like a passable NHL player, a bottom six forward in a draft year that was not good. Where there are there are teams that have already moved on from the guy that they picked. Long moved on too. Not like just recently happened, but like gave up quick. As it stands right now, the Coyotes are begging Barrett Hayton to become Tyson Jost. <laughs> You're right. Exactly. Like it's it, it's interesting uh, you know the abs the abs the abs crushed the big decisions and they're still trying to work out obviously you want to see them develop guys beyond the first round you want to see de- develop a a mid first round pick you know it looks like new hook is probably it um maybe maybe Cout still becomes something we'll see but They've 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 done a good job. They've put themselves in this position. They got a little bit lucky with the Kale McCarr thing. They got certainly got lucky with the Bowen Byram thing. But they also capitalized. Yep. That's, gotta be so, lucky to be good. Well, yeah, like it's luck is part of the equation. It just is. You have to get a little bit lucky along the way. Like somewhere. You have to get a little bit lucky. But then you have to do a whole lot of things right. And they've done a lot of those things right. The question is, have they done enough? And how much better how much better will it get internally? And I think I I'm I'm more excited for the future than ever because Byram and New Hope aren't they they aren't just glimmers of hope anymore. Yeah. You're looking at them 
be functional NHL players. You know, Bowen Byram looks like a goddamn superstar. And I mean a superstar. If he doesn't have Kale McCarr on his team, if he was playing, if he had those couple of games that he had this season in a Canadian market, we would be having that guy crammed down our throats at every single turn. And concussion protocols and everything, headshots would be looked at differently. If that guy was a Toronto Maple Leaf, the league would have done absolutely everything in its power to make sure that he never got hurt like that again. Yep. I was going like, to say, if he was in Vancouver, we'd be sick of hearing about Bowen Byram. Straight up, they, dude. They, and, and he's better than Kale McCarr. He's, he's – it's – Obviously, a comically small number of games. It was like, what, 13 games, 12, 13 games? Uh, So it's got a long way to go, but looks like a superstar. And Alex Newhook, as good as he's been already, you're looking at him, and that's a legitimate... So much more there for him to give, yeah. You're looking at him, and you're like, right now, he's a true 3C. Like, he's, he's, he's getting by as a 3C just fine. With low end two C production, just raw raw points production would be good for a low end two C right now. Yep. And he's gonna you're you're expecting him to get better. So you know there and that's that's with your two C being a top ten score in the freaking league. <sighs> like this this season isn't lost. The season the season at times felt like oh my god this is gonna be a lost year. This is going to be a weird transition year. This is, it it was all, it's all been teetering. And now that, now that they've gotten to where they've gotten and now that everybody's healthy again, it's really, really, really hard not to be like, 22 is it. 22 is it. This is it. Uh, First 10 games were just a boarding station for the Rockets. Yeah. (laughs) Straight up, man. Straight up. Uh, The other thing that we've really seen come to fruition in the last, you know, this past year goes a, a lot hand in hand with what Adrian was just saying was the, the other area where I know we <clears> give them plenty of credit, but I don't know how much credit they get elsewhere. But when the regime change happened and Patrick Waugh left, like I said it wasn't necessarily a regime change, but the regime reconfiguring, they said, this is our identity. This is what we are building to. And we are sticking to this plan. They didn't rush. They didn't take shortcuts. Um, they, they didn't, you know, every year when they went to the draft, you could look at every player that they took and whether you agreed with the pick or not, you could, you could see why they took the guys that they did. They all seem to fit a certain mold and, and you're seeing a lot of that finally come together. And how, how many times were we collectively pulling our hair out, watching this organization, fumble through the mid two thousands and, and, you know, make trades and sign players like Brad Stewart before they had even played a game. You know, Eric Johnson has, has turned into a, you know, obviously a staple. He's played the most, you know, the majority of his career here, but remember, I even remember at the time, you know, they traded what were looked at as two very young, promising players. Um, you know, for, for a guy that they're like, Oh, well, this can be a quick upgrade to our defense. Semyon Varlamov, again, I think he'll go down as one of the more underrated abs of all time. Um, But again, like they traded first and second round picks, trying to take a shortcut, trying to speed up a rebuild. 
And it wasn't until they finally committed and said, we are doing this right. They got their asses handed to them for 82 consecutive games. And then since then, it's been nothing but on the way up. And now in 2021, we've finally seen a lot of that come together in the way that everyone wanted it to. And all of this is part of the reason why I laughed so hard every single Sunday with, you know, watching Bronco, the Broncos and their fans do these mental gymnastics into saying, oh, well, we're this one player away. We'll just trade all of this and do that. We'll go get this one guy. And it's like, you've got good young pieces build towards something, have an identity. And that's what the Broncos are missing is they don't have an identity. But it's like, you know, I've, I've seen the movie that Broncos fans are watching 10 times over. And I promise it ends disappointing every time until you have someone at the top pick a lane, pick a direction, and say, this is the direction we're going. Um, you have to go through some pain to get there, and, and the abs certainly did. But I, I think a lot of what they finally put together and said, this is, this is what we're doing, we're, you know, we, we've finally gotten to see a lot of that come together. Like AJ said, not in a, oh, just wait, the, the future is coming way, but in a, no, that all these kids that we've been preaching about saying, oh, just wait, just wait. They're all here and there's more on the way. Um, well, it's it's awesome. And again, I think to, to kind of relate it to this year is it, it feels like the abs have have committed this time. Unlike mm-hmm. the last real core they had put together where it was like, OK, this is a team that has Matt Duchesne, that has Ryan O'Reilly, that has Paul Stasny. And they kind of just slowly but surely let these key pieces get away from the team over a handful of three, four, five years. That's not happened here. Uh, right. Landy is signed indefinitely again. Macar, they've different caliber of uh, core yes. pieces too. Of, of course, it's a different caliber, and, and that other team never really had a proper defensive core beyond Eric Johnson and I guess Tyson Berry at the end of it. But, yeah. Um, but still, it it shows that it's a team that is is dedicated to who they are now but but even even that old core group like what you're talking about like i I totally get what you mean where at the time you were sitting there you said we got matt duchene you got paul stasny you got gabe landisgar you got ryan o'reilly you got nathan and you were saying wow we've got all these young pieces how can we shortcut this to get these young pieces where you want to go and that has worked zero times like that's never worked ever in the history of sports where you said, wow, we have these pieces. How can we shortcut it? How can we trade for Aaron Rodgers and suddenly make this group of losers a magical group of winners? How can we trade for Semyon Varlamov and J.S. Jaguar because they have the, you know, the coveted experience and the, you know, they're great locker room guys to get these, these real young, talented kids over the hump. And what you see typically end up happening when teams do that is exactly what happened with the abs. A lot of those top tier core guys, you end up selling off, and and again, it's just good that the ads sold off in in a way that built towards an actual core. You've got guys that want to be here. You know, there's the famous story of when Gabe Landeskog's name was on the block in the 48 point season. He went into Joe Sackick's office and said, "Look, I understand you got to do what you got to do, but please don't. If there's a way to keep me here, I want to be here and I want to help fix this." And that's why he's still in town and Matthew Shane isn't not a knock on Matthew Shane, but you know, Duchesne said, I think it's time for me to move on and go play meaningful playoff hockey. And 
since then, the only ones who have played meaningful playoff hockey have been the abs and not Matthew Shane. Like it's, it's, it, you know, th- th- there's, there's a type of, of characteristic that they've obviously geared towards how many captains have they drafted? Um, you know, and it's, it's guys that are bought in and it's guys that, that fit to the identity of, of what they want to be and how they want to play every night. They've got good cohesion between their front office and their coach. Um, and, and seemingly the, the, between the coach and the players, coaches and the players. Um, so it's just, they, they've gotten this to the point where everything seems to be running very harmoniously. And I think a lot of that goes back to what I believe it was AJ was talking about earlier, where we haven't seen this full roster play yet in the last two seasons. We haven't seen them fully healthy and we are still comfortable saying we think they've, they've met expectations for the most part um, in 2021. And a lot of that's because everyone is on the same page top to bottom. Well, you forget fully healthy. You've seen a grand total of seven periods of this defense at full strength (laughs) this year. And, And those seven periods, everyone's like, Oh my God, this might be the best defense in the league by like a lot. Right. Right. And, he, and even not at full strength, there are times where you feel really good about this defense because you have Kale McCarr or Devon Taves and Sam Gerrard. It's it, it's incredible that a team that has this much expectation on it can have that much more to give, it feels like. Right, right. Um, so, anyway. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. I, I'm super excited for another year of Avalanche hockey. Um, I know I say that every year, but it's always true. So I get to, I get to sit here and have the best job in the world talking about hockey every single day. So I can't complain. No lies detected. Yeah, exactly. No lies detected. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I don't, any, any final thoughts on the 2021 abs before we get out of here? Not on the 2121 abs, but, uh, someone asked what AJ was eating for lunch. AJ and I had the same lunch several hundred miles away by complete coincidence. Yeah, we raised some cane. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, we're going to finish up then. Be sure to like and subscribe here on YouTube. That helps us out a bunch. Uh, Obviously, the video gets viewed by more people when you like it and subscribing to know every single time we drop a video. Uh, Yeah. We like to think our content's pretty good. We have some other stuff coming for you uh, through this week. I I got a little video planned for you. Should be a fun one. Uh, be sure to check that one out when it does go up. But other than that, we're going to get out of here. So uh, thank you again for watching, listening, however you consume. We will be live again tomorrow. We're going to be off for New Year's Eve, but be sure to tune in to tomorrow's show. And then after that, we'll talk to you in the new year. So we'll talk to you later. <laughs>